Hey Junior Nation, now more than ever, exclusive, entertaining, and free content from the world of Dale Earnhardt Jr. is no further away than your fingertips. It's all thanks to Dale Jr.'s Dirty Mo' Radio presented by Exalta. All eight Dirty Mo' Radio podcasts are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and of course, DaleJr.com. So whether you're at home, at work, in the gym, on the run, or just hanging out, Dirty Mo' Radio gives Junior Nation its newest and most versatile way yet to plug directly into the world of Earnhardt anytime, anywhere. This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. I love you, Mom. She's one of the most influential women in NASCAR. I love my mom. My sister Kelly always has my back. I couldn't be prouder of my daughter. I love my wife Kelly. She's my best friend. Welcome to this week's Fastlane Family, brought to you by Bedhead by TG. You can get Bedhead by TG products at your local Ulta, and you can also visit Ulta.com and enter TG15 and save 15% off your favorite TG stylers at checkout. So thank you today for joining us on Fastlane Family. Uh, joining me in the Exalta studio today is Mr. Rick Hendrick, who first I call a friend and a mentor, and you guys know all about his ownership at Hendrick Motorsports and everything that you're famous for. But um, I'm so glad that you're here with me today. I'm glad to be here, Kelly. I always <laughs> love to, to visit with you and talk about racing and family and all the fun stuff. We, we go way back way back i'm not, i'm only 44 we can't go that far back but we do go way back our well, families have been intertwined for years your granddaddy and i were friends back when i was 15 years old i had a chevelle and and, and robert g had a body shop at the flying a gas station in south hill virginia and uh, robert you know i wasn't brave enough to go in there at first because robert had some buddies and they were older you know and uh you know, it, they were serious guys, and so one day I got up enough nerve to ask Robert, would he put a scoop on the hood of my Chevelle? And he did. And then that's that's like kind of the last time I saw Robert. I moved away to Raleigh and got in the automobile business and went to school. So I think the last time I saw Robert would, would be around 1967. And then in 1977, so 10 years later, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I buy the Chevrolet store, and then one day I get someone that walks in the showroom, and they said, uh, Robert G. is here to see you. And I said, Robert G., uh, from Virginia? And yeah. And so Robert comes in, and he tells me all these stories about what he's doing, helping guys in, uh, in NASCAR, and, and he, you know, he was running a dirt car. So I sponsored his dirt car. And then in 19... 83 uh he talked me into uh, a bush car and just so happened that dale earnhardt was going to be driving the bush car the first race and we won it and so there i am in in victory lane with kelly and dale and they were just little puppies then <laughs> and robert and uh and and dale dale senior and so i still have that picture on my wall in the garage I have it two or three places, and it means an awful lot to me. But Robert then worked at Motorsports and helped us with Speedway stuff, and we went to Daytona, won a lot of races, and uh, Dale shook down my first car, and I tried to hire him. I couldn't get him done, couldn't get it done. <laughs> uh, but uh, we became really good friends, and uh, Robert was like part of our family. And, uh, you know, I remember being in the hospital with you, when he was so sick. Yeah, I think that was kind of my, I mean, I always knew about you and like this 
aura, you know, of granddaddy talking about you and your relationship and everything. But that was kind of our first interaction was yeah. uh, when I would I was a college student and would go sit with granddaddy in the hospital and, and help look after him. And you would come to visit, you know, quite often. And yeah. yeah. You know, if history knew how many people Robert really promoted and got into racing, if Daryl Waltrip, Dale Earnhardt, uh, and on and on and on and on. And he was the very best body man ever. Every, nothing undisputed could do everything uh, to a car. Never been in a wind tunnel, but he knew what the car needed. And um, he was so good at Daytona, they just absolutely had to pass rules against him. And uh, he took a lot of pride in that. He was funny. I used to go down. <laughs> he would sing at this hotel on the beach <laughs> in Daytona. And it was uh, it was hilarious, but uh, what Hattie a call boogie. Oh yeah, man! <laughs> I tell you, it, uh, he, he was, loved to sing, and he would tell a joke, and he'd laugh more than anybody <laughs> was listening to him. And that was, you know, he was a great friend, and and again, he did a lot for me, did a lot for the sport, did a lot for a lot of drivers that owe him a lot. Uh, you know, they're gonna have to credit him for where they are today. Yeah, I think um, it, uh, knowing that story and knowing the background of our families, you know, when we, uh, when Dale came to drive for you in 2008, I think, you know, there was a bit of surprise from that aspect because everybody expected us to end up uh, with Richard and, and the fact that our dad had been there so long. But our families on, on the G side were, um, you know, we, we've, we've known each other so long and there was this history uh, behind us just as families, you know, and, and, and friends and families together. So that was really cool. That that made me think of why you're telling the story about my dad's win in '83, when when Granddaddy died in '94. We each got to pick a trophy from his house. I didn't know I was picking that trophy, but I picked the Charlotte trophy because of the way it looked. Oh, really? And I picked the 1983 that race from his house. Uh, later, we were remodeling my grandmother's house in 2001. Whenever my dad died, uh, and uh, we took out all of my grandpa's trophies and took them up to Dale's, and I found the flag, 1983 oh, flag. So I have wow. the trophy and flag at that point. Well, then um, uh, Uncle Robert, uh, my, my granddaddy's uh, son, Robert Jr., uh, had uh, two fire suits of my dad's that my dad had given him in the 80s. Actually, I think my dad gave him one of these suits just to run his own dirt car. You know, it was like, here, have the suit if you need a suit kind of thing. It's actually hanging upstairs in the hallway, and it's the fire suit that he wore in that wow. race. So isn't that cool? And then that you gave cool. Dale and I a picture because I remember right. when we yep. were visiting your house, you had the picture up, and I was like, oh, so that was that. And so I got all four of those items. Well, that's, Pretty cool, that, huh? That's really cool. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, really neat. So, yeah, so, so our families have been in, intertwined for a long time because of that and, and um, just – Really, yeah, I said friend and mentor. Um, for me, you've been a great mentor in, in my business life, uh, in our relationship together since 2008. And I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about uh, your leadership with your dealerships. You've got 10,000, over 10,000 employees there. You've got, you know, probably almost 600 employees over at Motorsports. Yeah. Um, you, from day one here, I heard from you, people, people are your greatest assets. Today, you spend a lot of time talking about servant leadership and bringing in people. Is there a story that did someone teach you that, or is there a, something that happened where you realized that about people? Yeah. You know, I grew up on a farm in Virginia, in rural Virginia, and a uh, tobacco farm. And 
you know, there were other farmers that lived next to us, and uh, my mom and dad always taught us that, you know, neighbors had a problem, you'd help them. Uh, you'd have a problem, the neighbors would help you. I remember my dad had a tractor one day, broke a crankshaft in the field, and he sent me over to the neighbor to get that tractor, and I was embarrassed to go ask. He said, don't worry about it, go over there, he'll, he'll be happy to help. So I went over there, and he did. Probably six months later, their barn burned, and my dad and we went over there, and we helped get their tobacco and took it, put, put it in our barns, and that's the way I grew up. And I've kind of kept that philosophy all of my life. You know, in any business I've been in, people are your biggest asset. It's all, you know, it's all about the people. And, you know, I started in Bennettsville, South Carolina with my first dealership with about eight people. And, and you're right, today we have a, like 105 stores in uh, 14 states, and there's 11,000 of us now. And it was just built one brick at a time, and the racing thing started over there in Harry Hyde's shed with 5,000 feet and five people, three of them were volunteers, Harry and Harry Lee and, and his cousin. And um, I couldn't believe we actually survived and almost quit one five, one three races that year. You can never do that again. <laughs> and, um, you know, so, and we built that over a period of years. And this year, uh, September the 14th, well, this month, well, next, well September, we will, I will be have been a Chevrolet dealer for 40 years, and wow. I um, I was the youngest Chevrolet dealer. I think I was the youngest one ever so far, and um, and you know, and 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 I've always believed that you know people are not gonna take care of you unless you take care of them. If they know you, if you give them respect, they'll give you respect, and uh, I've tried to do that through scholarships and insurance for our people, and trying to do the right thing and. If you get everybody working together and you just help them, uh, you can build an army of people. And, and again, I've never been in a store anywhere that disgruntled people working could make the customers happy. <laughs> so um, I love to give watches for people who've been with us 20, 25 years, 25 in the, in the automotive side, 20 in the racing side. So, and then I met you know, John Maxwell. And he had written a bunch of books, and I don't read books. <laughs> and somebody, one of my you can guys, listen to them nowadays. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. One, 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 one of our people had said, "You know, you have a lot of similarities with John Maxwell." So I got him to come speak, and and he just validated everything I always believed and thought about servant leadership. And to me, it's it's all about it's all about the people. You know that, mm -hmm. and uh, get a group that works together, and you know. The rest of it's never easy, but you're going to go through good times. You're going to go through bad times in your life and, and in business. And if you've got a team that cares about each other, they stick together through the tough times. They don't all flee. And, um, you know, I think that's been the secret to, to me being able to grow and do the things that I've done. It's just uh, all the people. All of a sudden... I'm getting guys retiring on me, you know, and it's like, wait a minute, uh, you know, I'm not ready to retire yet, yeah. and they're younger than I am, yeah, you know? yeah. But uh, but it's been fun. I was gonna, I was thinking about that too, as far as that wave of retirement, because for me, in in my lifetime of of NASCAR, you know, I, as a kid, I, I know the Kel Yarbroughs and the Buddy Bakers retired. I really wasn't paying attention. So for me, this is kind of that first wave of people with yeah. Jeff and Tony and and people. But you know, there's been 
Mark Martin and rest. There's been people that go, I don't know, there's something about this. I, I think it, you know what I think it is, is I think it's the disparity of age. You've got yeah. the kids of Ryan Blaney and Chase yeah. and Jeff and them retiring, and there's not this hole of people somewhere. You know, they're either yeah. really young or they're retiring, yeah. you yeah. know. I think that's maybe why it's different for me, you know. It, you know, what, what <laughs> gets me is it, it feels like yesterday that Jeff Gordon was sitting across the desk with that little pencil mustache, looked like he was 16 and he was 20. And uh, and when Chase Elliott came in, I thought, oh, my goodness, is he in, is he in high school yet? Because you know, <laughs> I signed him when he was about 14. But you, you just see time goes by in such a hurry. You know, um, it, 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 it just moves so, so fast. And I thought when uh, Cale Yarborough retired, I thought, why is he retiring? He was winning. I mean, why would you retire, you know? And I think as guys, I think when they get older and they got families and and it's so many young, talented guys out there mm -hmm. today. You know, the sport is so, such a premier league. You know, we've got an awful, you know, nice crop of young people. And I give you and you and you and Junior credit. I mean, you you guys have taken, you know, you have taken, you know, given some young guys a shot like uh, William Byron and. Uh, I was up here for one of your kickoffs, and William came up to me and said, you know, he was 14, I think, <laughs> I won't drive for you one day. And I said, I've heard that a lot. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, and then when we've, then when I see him, y'all put him in a, in a late model, he did well, then, then he moves on up, and now you, you're going to put him back in a, we're going to put him Spinity in a, car. Uh, That's right. car. So, That's right. you know, it, the whole, t the, I guess, time moves so quickly and and alex you've given uh bowen you've given an opportunity and that kid's got a lot of talent yeah he so, does yeah you know you you deserve a lot of credit for being able to find good young talent and give them a chance and i think that's something that you and dale i know dale was really loves to find a young guy and and give him an opportunity to showcase his talent and yeah. uh, so time moves on I'll it tell does you. it goes fast i swear um i know at your at your recent chase kickoff uh speaking of the 20-year watches and and the video that the they did with the employees i thought was a really awesome touch to yeah. just get that feel especially to speak to the employees that you know can attain 20 years and, and yeah. give them yeah. really to buy into that and and one of the guys said um you know may not I've always agreed maybe with his manager or whatever but I respect it and that philosophy just kind of flows through and you just deliver it with people I mean yeah. I've watched it with the dealership and purchasing the dealership in Tallahassee and changing from you know they had ownership from the same person for 20 years and and changing to your philosophy and the people that I mean they they just latch on to it, yeah. you know, and some fall out, you know, some That's fall right. out, yeah. you know, yeah. but man, the ones that get it now talking to those employees and, and, and all, they're just in love with it and they can't imagine it any other way in that investment in people and stuff. It's really, really cool. Well, you know, it's amazing to me when I, when I talk to people that in the dealership after we, we do have to make a purchase, like you and Dale and I went down there and they were excited to have Dale's name on it and they excited to work with you and um, you walk in the back and you talk to a technician that's been there for eight or nine or ten years and he says i never saw the owner yeah i never come through here yeah and then then dale and you and dale and i go through and shake everybody's hand 
and say, we're, 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 we're excited about being a part of this. That means so much to people when, if, you know, they, want, they need to believe and they need to be a part of something. They need to believe that they're, that they count, that yeah. they're, they're valuable. Yeah. They're not, that you look at them not just as a, you know, employee, you look at them like a family member and, uh, it goes a long way to make people want to work harder. Yeah. So. Especially, like you said, options. in those trying times. Oh, you know, yeah. You guys have had a really trying year yeah, at Hendrick have. this year, yeah. and and uh, people can get down on their luck really easy, and buying into that is, is helps in times like now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so as we were background stuff, I, I have no earthly idea that you've started one race in the Truck Series, Xfinity Series, and Cup Series. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did you do that on purpose just so you could say you did no, that? <laughs> no, I uh, you know, I loved, I loved road course racing, and I loved drag racing. And so, I don't know, I, for me, growing up and working on the farm and working on cars and working on the drag car, built the motor in the car I had, when, when we got, motorsports got started, it was like a dream come true. I remember when I shut, went to Daytona the first time, and I looked there, and there was, there's the Wood Brothers and Junior Johnson and and your dad and and guys like that and I thought man I don't need I don't belong here I mean these are heroes these are people I grew up idolizing I'd look through the fence at Richard Petty and David Pearson and guys like that and so I thought man I just don't even belong here and so I'd go over there and and I remember the day we shook down my first car your dad did it and um, I got a picture of me getting in the car with a white shirt on and his Wrangler helmet, and I drove the car. And um, you could do it, that back then. Oh yeah, I could do that back <laughs> then. You know, just climb in. And uh, and so then I I started messing around with it. And I um, actually I went to Charlotte. My claim to fame was I went to Charlotte one day and they had the Bush cars, and they paid a thousand dollars for the top time, and they paid a thousand dollars for the top time in the Cup Series. So I was driving the Bush car. And uh, I, w- I was over there just messing around, and and, and they said, well, "Won't you just, won't you just drive it?" So I go out there, and I, hey, I'm like third fastest, Bobby Allison, your dad, and I don't remember the rest of them, but I remember those two. So I go out there, and uh, I, f- I put a, I put a little bigger carburetor on my car. You know, so anyway, I go out there, and Richard Broom says, "You can run it wide open with with these tires." So I go down in then the three. I made it through one and two. And <laughs> I go down in three and four. I I, I I lose it and I come around and I go through the sprinklers out there. You know, Humpy had all those sprinklers, <laughs> ripping them up. You know. Anyway, it's time for the time trials. And Richard said, "You almost. I mean, man, you had a heck of a lap going." So I went back and I did it again. And I I set top time and got the big check. And I I beat your dad and and uh, and. Bobby Allison and several other guys. <laughs> so I'm all feeling good. You know, I go out there and I get in the car again. And I just, I'm going to go out there and run some more laps. And I go into one and I look in the mirror and all I could see was your dad's face. He was all over me. And I just, I came as quick as I could. I pulled off the track <laughs> and I came in and I stopped. And, and I, he said, he came over walking over. He said, What's, what happened? What's wrong? I said, I'm not that stupid. I said, I'm not, no, I'm by my by myself. I'm brave, but I'm not getting that there with you. But uh, and and we would do things like that. I went to just said I was going to run Riverside and qual- out qualified Daryl and all the guys, and I led a lap and pulled in. I, I had already made a deal with Jim Fitzgerald. I'm thinking it was Jim, 
I'll drive half the race and you drive half the race. That's the kind of <laughs> stuff we did. And then I ran a Winston West race out there and led, led part of it. Uh, and 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 uh, seven laps to go. Hornaday on a restart turned me. And later on, I would help Hornaday give him a truck to drive at Daytona. But um, and I finished seventh. And then I went to uh, in the truck. I went out to Topeka, Kansas, and I was running in the top ten. And and the other truck, one of my other trucks, took me out. But uh, <laughs> I wasn't that talented. I had better equipment. But uh, no. I, but you know what it did? I had fun with the guys, and and I still like I've I've got a play day this coming Friday mm-hmm. with the dealerships at the drag strip. So. I still have. We did one of those play days together in Cadillac, and that's right. Yeah, I yeah. remember you yeah. out running that Mustang. I, <laughs> that was so funny. I mean, here you were in this big Cadillac. I was so nervous. Nobody knew how this this, this Cadillac uh, could run. CTSV was a hot rod. Yeah. And this kid, this kid in the Mustang with a big scoop and traction bars pulls up beside Kelly. <laughs> I'm riding with you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm telling you what to do. And Kelly smoked him. I mean, that, you smoked yeah, him. That was I'm fun. like, was you got to tell me what to do, Mr. Hendrick. You got to tell me what to do. <laughs> I've never done anything like that before. <laughs> they said I would be a better drag racer when I was when I was racing late models because I like to drive in the corner deep. So maybe oh, I yeah, should have. Yeah, you would have been yeah. a good drag racer. Yeah. You were brave. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've heard another story. I ran across uh, some things that my mom had, granddaddies, of some of those big chicks in the time trial thing at Charlotte. Um, I don't know if my granddaddy was involved in that one at all, but similar story about uh, a little cheating up there to get that fast time. I think with Bodine once, this check had Jeff's name on it, and I sent it over to Dale, and I was like, look what I found at Mom's, and he told me some story about that, and my granddaddy, I think they waited or something and come back and, you know, brought something bigger or something. Yeah, yeah, we 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 would do about anything. We we put nitrous. Nobody checked it. No, nobody right? Nobody was checking. The, the funniest story about your your granddaddy, the, the funniest one that I'll ever I'll never forget this story. We were at Darlington, and uh, it was a it was a bush race, and Jeff O'Dine was driving, and the car and your and your granddaddy was sit, he had the radio and he would sit on the wall. Yes. And go to sleep. Yeah. Well. He did not want to put any more tires on the car than he had to. I mean, we're not just going to put tires on every time you get a caution. we got to save them. So we were running the race. Jeff Bodine's driving. Caution comes out. And Bodine comes on the radio, and he says, Hey, Robert, what do you want to do? Robert says, Do what the leader does. Jeff says, I am the leader. <laughs> <laughs> That one I'll never forget. So that now was, we have to decide. We got to make a decision here, Robert. <laughs> we we got to pit pretty quick, you know. Uh, was, I mean, it was. But you know what? You go to the racetrack, and I mean, you had you had everything on the line, but yeah. But it was more fun. You didn't have to. You know, we we might have Levi Garrett on a couple of races, but it, it just. You know, it just wasn't as much pressure back yeah, then. Yeah, it was so, a hobby. It's a yeah, business it, it now. Was, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I remember, like, in those times, like, the, the mid-'80s, um, my mom would come down from Virginia. We'd get us for the weekend, Dale and I, and we'd go to Granddaddy's and, and stay. And, you know, he was right there by the racetrack at Charlotte. And he would have – I mean, there would be people camping all over and just people everywhere and, and all of those things. And a few of those years were a little tense when Bodine drove for him and my dad and Bodine, you know, that was a rival thing, you know, yeah, and we would yeah. go show up over there. It was like, oh, oh Lord, yeah. goodness. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Talk about family on different sides of the fence. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I um, Robert used to cook out 
and uh, and anybody and everybody would come, and he'd cook steaks, and he'd be working on somebody's car in there in his garage, and that was before we actually, that was probably in the um, yeah, 70s and 80s. Yeah, the late 70s, early 80s, and before we started in 83, and um, it was amazing the, the people that would camp in his yard. Yeah. And uh, well, you talked about the people coming through as far as drivers and stuff. I mean, I've heard story after story of crew members who came there as kids. Right. Three bedroom house. Even my mom tells stories of when they lived there for a a short period of time and she was there. Just, yeah, they just always had different house people coming in, staying for two or three months. They'd sleep in the floor, sleep on the couch, wherever. You would would say, I'd I'd, I'd drive up over there and it'd be, Folks, I didn't know mm-hmm. cooking, and he he. And where's Robert? He's in the house, going in, and people walking in and out. I've yeah, never seen him before, you know. And uh, he said, "Come on, stay and eat." And he would just he'd send someone to the store to get some more food. And we uh, only had steak, though. Only steak. That on the and ice cream. Oh, you, you, <laughs> but yeah. we only had steaks. The man would cook a hundred steaks, and that's all we'd have. We never have no potatoes, no vegetables, no nothing, no, no, just yeah. steak. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you'd have. Sometimes you'd have baked potatoes on the every now and again, you know, on the grill, yeah, and, a, and some tin foil. But yeah. most of the time, it was just meat. Yeah, you know? just meat, and then we'd get the Hagen dolls out. I remember oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what he he and I had. That both of us had that uh, that that ice cream craving. We'd, yeah, we'd go to Dairy Queen and we'd uh, <laughs> send down and 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 get these big ice cream sundaes. I mean, it was it was. You know, it was it was wild. I still remember him leaning over the car with that cigarette and the ashes hanging off the end about an inch, and he's he's looking down the side of the car. And it was um, if you had a if you had a speedway car, you wanted Robert to do it. Yeah, well, that's for sure. You get Robert to do the car and Dale to drive it. You it was money. <laughs> they won a few races doing <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it certainly did. You you talk a lot about racing on a daily basis with everybody, but I I, I wanted my listeners to understand how hard and busy you work and go after it. Yeah. I mean, your days every day are work days. Yeah. You know, I try to divide it up and, you know, if, with the automotive group and the, the, the racing, it, it's, it's like, I can't get done what I'd like to get done every day. But what I try to do every night is I keep a to-do list and it might have 200 and some things on it. And then every day there's a, there's a hot, there's a hot flash, or <laughs> a, a fire uh, incoming, you know, <laughs> that you got to handle. Fire moves to the top, but uh, and you just have to knock them off. But th- again, the key is good people and communication. And I know that they know that I'm going to try to be in person on on video conference when they have their competition meetings on Tuesday. We have uh, meetings every every Monday. We do conference call with all the stores. So at least once a month. I'm on a call that goes from 8 in the morning to 8 at night, and we don't break just for bathrooms and, and yeah. a sandwich for 30 minutes. But I talk to every single general manager in, in the company. Of 105 dealerships. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and sometimes they got three or four of their guys, and we go through their numbers, what they sold, you know, how the month, month was, what marketing they used, and their inventories. And it gives me a sense of what, what's going on. But it gives me that face-to-face, you know, even though it's a video conference. Yeah. So I just, and then I'm racing on Sunday, and uh, it's, um, 
it's 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 a it's a challenge you you know every year i say my new year's resolution is to be a better steward of my time to how i can divide my time and then you got family and grandkids that playing baseball and soccer and you want to be there for them too so but you know it helps when you love what you do i um i've always loved cars and i love racing and uh it's easy to get up and go to work when you love what you do but you know you also have a whole lot of problems that come along with it and now i'm really enjoying i really enjoy these young kids like william or alex chase yeah. with chase winning the championship up here yeah and um and then my grandkids watching them grow up now and my grandson's playing you know baseball on a challenge team and I, uh, you know what it's like when you watch your daughter, when your daughter do something, it's a whole lot different than watching somebody else. <laughs> you have a lot of pride in them, but I mean, when your grandson hits a home run or <laughs> he does something really special and you know, your granddaughter's running track or one's playing soccer, it's, uh, it's really cool to see them blossom. And yeah. The, you know, so. The coolest thing about that too, to me, is for them to look over and see if you're watching, right? That's that right. That feeling, right. I mean, to know that you're there and you're a part of it and everything. And that, that's what gets them. They just want to be watched. You yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah. Pay me, look at me, pay me attention, see that I do this. Did you see that? Did you see that? <laughs> and, and you know, they know when you're not there. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and you know, when you, even if you get there late, you can watch their, their expression. Yeah. When they see you walk Change. up, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. What about fun? You know, where's the fun in there? I know you love what you do, but sure, you know, sure. you know, fun, fun for me. Um, I, I think I really enjoy the water, and I enjoy fishing, and I enjoy just being. It, it's like a you know mental enema. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I can just get on the water and the ocean and and be able to, you know, wake up in the morning, see the sun come up, and uh, go out and fish, and just it takes my mind off of things, and I just love being on the water. So that, that's what I look forward to, especially in the winter time when it's cold and the leaves are off the trees. I get in this gray. I mean, I hate, I don't like that. I get down. I you like like spring, I, I, I summer, fall, spring like, and fall. I like spring, <laughs> summer, fall. I don't. If if it never gets below 60 it's good for me yeah <laughs> and uh but i um no that's my now i found that being with the grandkids too and and going they're old enough now to do road trips with yeah them, and enjoy you know? things i yeah. enjoy that yeah yeah that's fun you've said this to me a lot lately um i've heard it more often than ever about just waking up thankful to wake up and be here yeah. you know you've been through tons in your life i've been through tons in my life it's so easy in today's world to to get down because there's so many more pressures our business is so much harder yeah. there's lots of you know just yeah. lots of distraction i mean that's how you wake up every day yes yeah. you know we all we all get down and we all we all say woe is me and we all say guy i got so much to do and you have to deal with things usually that nobody else wants to deal with or they fall in your lap. I tell everybody, I said, I feel like some days I'm the guy at the circus with the coveralls who walks behind the elephant with the bucket you know, <laughs> and the shovel, you know. <laughs> but what, you know what, help, what really helps me, and I've, I've told several people this, you know, I was diagnosed with leukemia in, uh, in November, it'll be 20 years ago. And uh, I was on chemo for three years, and, and you know, you forget what that's like. 
not knowing if you're going to be here or not. And what really motivates me is, and, and I've said this, um, I think I might have said it to you too, but I get up in the morning and I get the paper. And usually the most horrible things in the world are on the front page. It's kids in, in, you know, in, in Syria that are getting killed or homeless people getting in a raft trying to get flee, kids that are hungry, people that are hungry, kids, kids that are homeless and hungry right here in Charlotte. And when I see that, I thank the good Lord that, that, that my grandkids are safe and fed. And we live in a country we can get up and go out and work and do these kind of things. And sometimes we forget how blessed we are. And so I try to remind myself when I'm having a bad day and I think I'm overloaded, look, it's not, you know, if, if you lost a child and I've done that or you've, you've lost your mom and dad and I've been through that and, uh, you know, those kind of things crush you and the rest of these things will be okay. Yeah. And I use yeah. that, it ain't life-threatening with you a lot. Yeah, you, know? you do, you do, and yeah. Because yeah. it's yeah. not, and, you yeah. know, we'll get through it, yeah. we'll work through it, and uh, and we're a blessed country, and I know everybody says it's, you know, that that kind of motivates me. I, yeah. just, I just get up and say, hey, you don't know, I've, I've been so fortunate. I, I think I looked ahead so long, so hard, that what's the next thing you want to accomplish that now I can look back and enjoy what's already been done mm-hmm. and say, you know, it's been a great ride. And, um, you know, I've been very fortunate to, to be able to make a living doing what I love. Yeah, exactly. Well, you talked in there about, um, you know, being blessed and, and the homeless and, and hungry and all those kind of things. Uh, your leukemia, I mean, that that uh, uh, spawned for you the, the Be The Match program yeah. for such a long time and, and finding merry matches for people. I don't know, you've raised more than $14 million or something yeah, like yeah, that for Be The yeah, Match. Yeah. You know, it's incredible. And and recently, um, you know, you established your own family foundation, and yeah. your daughter Lynn is, is established a, a feed. Yeah, uh, Together We together Feed. Together We Feed, yeah. yep, Together yeah. We Feed. And, um, you know, it's great that you want to get back in that way. Levine's Children's Hospital, I mean, I know you're, you're big into that here in Charlotte, yeah. you know. Yeah, you, you know, in... When you see when you see kids, and that's one thing I was able to see when I uh, would travel to MD Anderson and different places, children. When you see a five-year-old, six-year-old, two-month-old uh, struggling to live, and and then you think, man, I'm so blessed that my kids aren't that, and I'm glad it's me and not them that has cancer. And then my daughter this just started reading at local schools and uh, found out that some of the tough schools here, there's a, some of them, 90% of them are homeless and they're hungry. And it's Charlotte. It's not, it's not another country. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so she had a passion for helping those. So our dealerships and all, we've adopted 11 schools here in Charlotte now. And at Christmas, there were kids that didn't have jackets or sweatshirts or it's wintertime. We, we gave out 7,000 jackets and sweatshirts. And and to see those kids that are in bedroom shoes and their mom and dad are in a shelter and, and you know, they're not going to have a Christmas. That Christmas for them is being together and having something to eat. And, um, you know, we've just made a commitment that we want to help those. And through the MARA program, we've typed over a half million people and uh, through drives all over the country. The fans have been so good about signing up and 
we usually bring you know a donor and a recipient together for the first time so someone that saved someone's life they've never met before can't meet them for a year and boy it's not a dry in the place so <laughs> you know it's um it feels good to do good and um and you guys do you and in, in your foundation you, you you do a lot of backpacks you help hospitals you yeah. got make a wish y'all do so much and there's nothing that feels any better than uh to see someone you know that you can help i went to yeah. ba- i went to baton rouge and i had a company down there that got flooded and it was four people that lost everything and and uh and those people were at work and their kids were staying with somebody else and they were living with their aunt or whatever and we took them we have a fund in my son's name that we put money away all the time the ricky hendrick fund for scholarships and for disasters and when we gave this mother young mother with four kids that didn't you know single mother a check she grabbed me and she bawled i bawled mm. we all everybody in the room were crying and uh it just you know it, it's something that that makes you um it warms your heart and you know that only by god's grace you aren't that person so mm-hmm. you yeah. you know you just need to need to do your part mm, that's incredible um it it feels good to do good the the people that we get to touch and talk to like our fans and stuff are so loyal and will support things like that too you know reading uh with brian clausen's passing recently and his family wanted to do the uh, national organ donor registry and i read the other day i mean it's, uh, they wanted to reach 2000 it was in the 3500 range you know a week ago it's just amazing and i think it's the biggest uh drive like that to for the national registry donor it's amazing the the fan and our fan base and the people it, that we get to talk to to help it, do that it really is yeah. and, and and you know i got letters and people people had drives all over the place and you, you know it was really incredible and 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 we have we have such a caring giving country yeah you don't hear all the good things you yeah hear a lot exactly of things. exactly that's the truth so uh you got a pretty big moment coming up here in january as a as a nascar hall of fame inductee for the 2017 class about time actually there's <laughs> so many deserving people that they only can do five a year right yeah that's going to be just a real honor for you and your family to take in and soak in yeah, you know, it's, um, you know, I never, I never really thought that much about it because I wasn't ready to retire. Yeah. And, um, but then when, when the announcement came, it was pretty special to think about, you know, that's a pretty elite group. And, uh, you know, to go in with this class, it meant a lot to me because Benny drove for me, Mark drove for me, you know, and, and, and then, uh, you know, Richard and I have been friends and, uh, and I always wonder why Parks wasn't in yeah. the hall, you know. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I hope I can add some more to it. It looked like maybe I wasn't gonna get to add any more <laughs> in <into> a while, <laughs> but uh, but um, but no, it's it's a quite an honor, and uh, I'm sure when it when the day comes, it's gonna be very emotional. Yeah. Yeah. I think it will be. It certainly was for us uh, that first year with Dad, and um, it just moments like that give you a chance. Just like just like the twenty year videos for those people, it gives you that opportunity to stop and reflect, which yeah. we don't do enough. 
Yeah. We, you know, it's not that we forget where we came from, but we lose sight of everything that you went through to get there. You know, seeing yeah. seeing videos of your dad and the people talking about your dad and and you know Papa Joe this and Papa Joe that and and uh, you know I didn't get to experience that part of it, but it's like so much has happened. Yeah. You know, so much yeah. good stuff. You yeah. know. Yeah. That that you just don't have time to reflect on it all the time yeah you know that and that's the that's the sad part about how fast the world is today yeah. you don't get to enjoy what you've done or you know uh golly when i was growing up it was like you you know you worked during the week and on on sunday you went to your grandmother's house one meal and your other grandmother's house for the other meal and that was your day on yeah sunday, you know? yeah yeah <laughs> and today i mean it's like trying to get your family and your grandkids and kids together it's like all in one spot i mean trying to get them in one spot when they got football or baseball yeah or, or the vacations or they're doing this or doing that it's the world's moving at a, at a, yeah. at a fast rate but it's it's fun you know i i guess it's because i've gotten older now and and i am old <laughs> that uh that i love to see those pictures and uh videos and um look back at at, and, and and watch the watch those kind of people that talk about things. I learned things watching those videos yeah. that I never heard before. Yeah, you know, especially about my dad. Yeah, he he uh, that place gave him a second life, and he 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 loved those people, and they loved him. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool just for me to watch and and uh, think about that and and what what those twenty year employees have experienced and been able to be a part of, and how proud they were to be a yeah, part of that yeah. and. And like I said, give give the rest of the people in the room something to to shoot for and and want to be a part of that so bad. So because you can you get caught up in the business angle, you get caught up in moving yeah. to a job for money or moving to a job for this, and you can easily put that stuff aside if it's yeah. not ingrained. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah, part of what you do. So, all right, we're gonna um, roll into our hair nine one one TG plug. So Michael Conklin says, this is through my Twitter and our at TG creatives are going to help us figure this out. I got dry hair. Now we're reading this just like he told us. Okay. I got dry hair. It's hard to find just shampoo. Seems everyone is shampoo and conditioner. I just need shampoo. (laughs) All right, Michael, our TG experts have said, Hey, Michael, there's only two things on a short list of things that should be dry. Champagne and dry aged porterhouse. Dry hair doesn't quite make the list. So the solution for you is TG's Bedhead for Men Wise Up Shampoo. The TG's Wise Up Shampoo is a high-tech cleansing solution with charcoal, which helps to filter out impurities and caffeine, which is designed to stimulate and help increase blood flow to the scalp to give a refreshing, reviving, and reinvigorating feel to your hair. You're going to love it, maybe even more than the porterhouse. I don't know about that. Good steak's a good steak. All right, don't forget, you can pick up Wise Up Scalp Shampoo and Conditioner at your local Ulta location. You can also visit Ulta.com and enter TG15 and save 15% off your favorite TG stylers at checkout. Well, this has been great. Uh, we could sit here all day. I know. Yeah, me um, too. yeah you, got, you got things to do. I got things to do. I do have um, a few rapid-fire questions for you, just, just off the cuff. Best okay. advice you've been given. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Highlight of your career. That's probably going to be hard. Watching my son win the <laughs> awesome. truck race. That wasn't that hard. <laughs> Favorite quote or saying? 
Hmm. It would have to be a Churchill quote, and it could be uh, <laughs> something like, if it is to be, it's up to me, or we will never surrender, never. Yep. That's probably one. Favorite racetrack? Past or present? Martinsville. Martinsville. Biggest pet peeve? Not being organized, because I'm not organized. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife is very organized, and I get aggravated myself. I, I, I guess... Uh, you have a good excuse though you are on the go <laughs> yeah um, I'm less organized the busier I am <laughs> yeah people that put me on hold <laughs> people that <be> <laughs> <laughs> that's a good I'm glad to learn something I didn't know <laughs> I would never put you on hold ever 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 uh, when you called this morning with uh, a little oh, bit I, of I got a better one with a little schedule change. When somebody calls me and I leave and I call them and leave them a message, and they call me back and they didn't listen to the message. Oh when yeah. I, when I've laid it all out, you know. Yeah, that drives me we crazy. We got to talk again, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes if it's if you feel like it's somebody real important, like you don't listen to the message because you feel like you need to call them right back, you yeah. know. Yeah. I do that to Dale. Dale, you know, I, I feel like I really gotta like call him right back, and he's like, "I left you a message." <laughs> like, "Oh, I just didn't you call it. I wanted to call you right back." Well, my my <laughs> pet peeve with Dale is, I can call him and I get a recording, but if I text him right then, I get an answer. Yeah. I mean, it's boom. I have that pet peeve too. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I have that with all the drivers. I think it's a normal. I think that's normal deal. If I didn't text, that's the only reason I learned to text is because only way I talk to him. People like to text because you, you don't have to introduce anything else other than this what you topic, yeah. you know, right? So right. you don't right. have to be put on the spot or any of that kind of thing. You, you don't have any <laughs> this long time. Hey, how are you? What you been doing? Yeah, you Dale know? talked <laughs> me in recently to uh, turning the read receipts on on my text messaging. I've never done that before. And um, he's like, man, though, it, you know, it'll be so great because don't you love it when you see that I read it? And but I don't respond. But you know I got it. I said no. It still ticks me off that you don't <laughs> right, respond. Right. But what I've ran into is that you know everybody knows you read it, so you yeah. got to respond yeah. <laughs> real yeah. quick. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't. It, <laughs> Nothing the, to hide the, behind. The cool thing about that is when I text somebody and they and they I, I got they read it, and then later on I ask them. They say well, I never got your text. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you read it. You might maybe you didn't get it, but you read it. Somebody read it. <laughs> They didn't absorb it. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, I do appreciate you taking time. I know that it's valuable, and so glad we got to get this on the, the calendar well, and the schedule. And anytime. I love talking to you as family. We reminiscing all the, 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 the stuff that we've been through, and and uh, it's just it's, it's good to reflect. You know, I think sometimes we ought to just all sit around and have lunch and just tell stories and block the time and let, let somebody come in and record <laughs> I, I, i've got a, i've got a video i've got to bring you a video that uh we did on my, my dad's birthday after robert had uh passed and and the guys were talking about robert it's hilarious yeah so, I mean, yeah I tell you, I tell you it, yesterday in line at uh uh the luncheon i'm waiting you know in line and this guy's beside me that works over there and, and he says uh, my mom was the track photographer when you ran out at concord and i'm like man i need to get up with her um, to get pictures, you know, she she yeah. has all these pictures of my street stock, and you think about all those things that you're like, dang, why didn't you tell me that sooner? You know, <laughs> I I, re I remember a race where you you know I think you and Dale and Dale Jarrett and, and oh we did the legend car race yeah. with Ricky yeah, yeah Ricky we yeah. Ricky and uh, uh, Morgan Shepherd's son and I think the Bodine kids yeah uh, Matt yeah. 
and yeah. uh, Barry and me and Carrie and Dale. Oh, yeah. Well, last, Those things were last, crazy. Last question for you. Why did you quit driving? Oh, gosh. <laughs> was not a woman's world then at all. <laughs> um, you know me. I, I uh, worked, came home from, uh, come back to Charlotte from Wilmington because my dad's like, I never get to see you anymore. Would you just please come home? I, you, know, you can live in your own apartment, drive a race car, whatever you want to do. And I was 21 years old. And um, so we got that opportunity to do the late model cars. But I worked. You know, I worked at Action and was in the souvenir business. And and uh, um, when that fell apart, when the sponsorship stuff kind of fell apart, nobody was like, okay, Kelly, this is what you can do next. Now, Dale got to go do something. And uh, we know how that turned out now, you know, for, for the last 20 years. But um, I just went to work. Well, you, you know, I can't imagine doing anything different though. You got a you great, know. you got a great business yeah. man. You're right yeah. where you need to be. Yeah, I think so. I think about it every now and then, like what could have been, you know. But oh well. You got to keep. As long straight. as they keep saying that I was the best out of the three of us when we raced late models, I'm good with that. I remember that. I got my legacy. I vote. <laughs> I vote that way. I remember you were yeah. the best. Yeah, <laughs> I could have went out and spoiled that theory, so we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. I've thank definitely you. enjoyed it. Uh, you guys listen up for next week's Fast Lane Family. Hey, everyone. This is Justin Allgaier, host of Junior Motorsports Upfront. Tune in to Dirty Mo Radio every Thursday as Jonathan Davis and I talk about everything Junior Motorsports, welcome guests, and more. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. 